Welcome to Ford in Vegas, the true crime podcast with two friends who hate each other. I'm Ford. And I'm Vegas. Was that better for you, Vegas? Yeah, it was better. He gave me busted my balls before we went on. Yeah, I did. Before we started recording this. And he said, don't start the show with this is. I was like, all right. So I just came up with that. Welcome. Yeah. yeah, every time this yes, yeah, welcome. Is That's terrible. not. That's you're not like an '80s no. radio DJ. No, yeah, you sounded like a. We truck. are spinning the track. You, uh, sound, you, you sounded like a jerk off. If you're watching on YouTube, thank you. Hit the subscribe button and don't forget to like the video. Also, if you're on the go, you can subscribe to this show as a podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're listening to the podcast, don't forget to hit the subscribe button. And if you want to watch the show, you can do so at youtube.com forward slash FV true crime. That's the same on Twitter and Instagram FV true crime. And if you want to get this podcast ad free, you can do so on our Patreon for just a measly $3 a month. Simply go to patreon.com forward slash FV true crime. And if you want to buy a shirt, you can do so. This very shirt right here that I'm wearing is for sale at uh, shopfordinvegas.com. We always recommend the soft tea. Also, how soft is it? It's it's very soft. It's baby bottom soft. Well, and also, uh, lastly, this show airs every day on blackjacktv.net. And you'll also be able to see other true crime shows at blackjacktv.net. There's a true crime daily channel. And uh, you can watch us over there as well. I was trying to screw you up, but you didn't. you didn't fall for it. And flinch. I was going to just stare at you mm-hmm. the whole time. I wish you would have. Yeah. We have a lot to get to this week on the show. We're recording it a night early. I don't know if you're going to get it a day early, well, but you, we are recording it a night early. If if Ford does his job, you will. And I'm glad that we're doing this a, a day early because two of the cases that we've been covering pretty extensively, uh, both of the defendants were in court today on two different sides of the world. Well, of the country, I should say. But very similar in crimes, both involving murder. Vegas, we'll start with the Alex Murdell case. We covered this last week. He is, of course, the one who allegedly killed his wife and his son. Now I say allegedly, even though there was blood spatter on his clothing, which would indicate that he was there at the, at the, at the moment in which the crime took place. He says he wasn't, but there's this, this case has taken some interesting twists and turns since we talked about it last week. Apparently, he lured the wife to the house where she ended up dying because they have been separated. And he text, he sent her text messages to get her to meet him at the place. She didn't want to go. And she allegedly sent a text message to a friend that said that something seemed fishy. Vegas. Red flag. So we fast forward to today. So hold on. Let, let's go back there for a second. Let's, okay. let's touch that before we go to today. All right. So last week, he says he wasn't there. He says, you know, he, he got a call and his wife and kid were dead. Now, like, and now he, he says he still wasn't there. You got the blood splatter that was reported last week. But now you have text messages. Last time I checked, text message, unless somebody took his phone and texted her, then you pretty much got him dead to rights that he was trying to lure her to the house. The red flag that I see, if she texted somebody else, relative or friend, 
and said, hey, something's fishy. I don't know what's going on. You still went to the house and you brought your kid or maybe the kid lived there. I don't know. Um, so, but either way, if the kid lived there, then obviously he was already there. Maybe he came home during the murder. I don't know. But the mom, the the wife went to the house, even though she said something was, was amiss. I think he was watching somebody's dog because they actually found him like slumped, like halfway in and halfway out a dog kennel. The kid? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Somebody put a couple of bolts in the back of his head. Oh. Obviously, the father. Obviously. Well, but I mean, allegedly. Allegedly. You can't say obviously. It's allegedly. Well, it's obvious. No, it's, le- it's, it's, it's obvious. A- it could still be allegedly. But yeah, but you have But to it's say- obvious that he did it. Well, no, it's allegedly. It's allegedly obvious. No, no, it's... He, it's no, like we're, cons- we're, he's consistently inconsistent. No, you know, that's what that, no, that's yeah, kind of what that... No, no, we're going to... allegedly we're, obvious. We're going to fight. We're going to fight. Uh, we're going to wink... Yeah, we're, no, we're going to say allegedly. no. He allegedly killed his wife and his son. He he didn't. You allegedly. don't know if he did it. Yeah, it's allegedly. So he's in court today. So so let's 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 recap in case you're listening for the first time to not only to the show but let's just say you're hearing about this case for the first time. You've probably already turned us off because Ford's an idiot. He is the former 14th uh, Circuit Solicitor's Office prosecutor in South Kakalaki. His name is Alex Murdell, and he stands accused of trying to not only fake his own death, stealing millions of dollars from his clients, money laundering, conspiracy, drug trafficking, and the latest, killing his wife and son in cold blood last year, was denied bond on the murder charges earlier today in Colton County Courthouse. The decision marks the third time that Judge Clifton, hello Newman, was with has withheld bond in Murdo's uh, case and represents yet another loss for the high-priced defense team. The evidence in this case is substantial, Prosecutor Creighton Waters said Wednesday. It all comes back to Alex Murdo. Both the prosecution and the defense agreed to deny Murdo's bond after a 13th month investigation by South Carolina law enforcement division, or as they're known on the streets as sled, the state attorney general's office, the Colton County grand jury indicted Murdo, a former attorney on two counts of murder and two counts of possession of a deadly weapon in commission of a violent crime last week for the June 7th, 2021 shooting death of his wife, Maggie Murdo, who was 52 and the son Paul Murdeau, who was 22. The prosecution did not discuss any details of the case. The public still does not know why the state believes Alex Murdeau killed his wife and son. The hearing Wednesday was centered on limiting the public's access to details about one of the biggest criminal cases in South Kakalaki history. Harputilian and Waters both argued for a confidentiality order in the high-profile case, but Newman, who thus far has proven himself to be a judge who believes in the public's ability to access the court matters, seemed reluctant. It's a public matter. It's a public trial, Newman said, noting that such public access helps ensure a fair and impartial trial. Public matters will be public. Harputlian told the judge that already information had leaked from the investigation, but that he saw no evidence that Waters made any extrajudicial uh, statements. Anyone who reads this constant churning knows that someone is leaking. Hart Putillian said, gesturing to the media box to the left of the courtroom. Murdeau pleaded not guilty Wednesday. Shocker. Hart Putillian said that his client believes he is innocent and is concerned, get this, Vegas, like O.J. Simpson, that the real killer or killers is or are still at large. I mean, they could be. A lot like O.J. They could be. That's why O.J. won't come here to L.A., because he's afraid of running into the killer, the real killer. No family members appeared to uh, to attend the hearing, (laughs) obviously. The section of seats behind Murdo was largely unoccupied. Believe it or not, 
He has no backing. He does have a son who's still alive, and even he doesn't want anything to do with him. Joe McCullough, or McCulloch, attorney for Connor Cook, was in attendance and sat behind Murdo's side of the courtroom. Murdo appeared significantly thinner. They don't feed you quite as well in prison as they do, say, out of prison. And his hair had been closely cropped. He was wearing a white linen shirt and khakis brought to him by his attorneys. After the hearing, Harputlian and Griffin walked past a pool of microphones where two dozen news reporters were waiting for a press conference. When a reporter asked Harputlian for a comment, he said, quote, I'm gagged, end quote. Not the kind of gag that you like, Vegas, Mm -hmm. but the gag where he can't talk. Yet Newman had not yet decided on the gag order. So he's already playing games. This attorney's already playing games. Through his attorneys, Murdo has denied any connection to the murders of his wife and son. On July 14, minutes after the indictments were handed down, he accused law enforcement of targeting him, targeting him from day one and demanded a speedy trial within 60 days. Murdo's bond is uh, $7 million. Hello. The disbarred lawyer, um, Murdo, is represented by uh, Jim Griffin and Dick Harputlian, two of the most expensive defense attorneys in South Carolina. Yet Griffin and Harputlian have lost at nearly every single twist and turn throughout this saga. It's not a good start, Vegas. All they're picking up is L's. L after L after L. The Murdo murder saga has attracted consistent national and international attention since the murders back in June of 2021. So uh, just to give you a little, uh, just a little brief recap on the Murdo family. There's three generations since 1920, three generations of Murdo's have served consecutively as chief prosecutor of the 14th circuit, which includes Hampton County where Alex Murdo lived as well as Colton County, where he will stand trial for the deaths of his wife and his son. Not only that, Vegas, but I did see this uh, earlier today as well. In the same courtroom where he stands trial right now, there is a portrait of Buster Bordeaux Jr., who is Alex's grandfather and a longtime 14th Circuit solicitor, hangs in the back of the courtroom. How chilling, and we'll have that picture up for those watching on YouTube. How about that for poetic justice? His great, his grandfather, his portrait is in the back of the, it's on the back wall of the same courtroom where he stands accused of allegedly killing his wife and son. Yes. Well, I definitely think that, you know, he, he doesn't think he did it. Uh, the evidence uh, seems to point that he did it, especially if there's the text messages uh, that he sent his wife to come to the house when he allegedly wasn't there, but you're going to say, come to the house, but I'm not going to be there. That doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, I don't text you and say, hey, uh, come over to come over to my house, and then I'm not there. There's Alex Bordeaux is surrounded by five deaths right now. So aside from the double homicide of his wife and his son, Authorities have identified three mysterious deaths, all tied to Alex Murdoch and his family members. Their names are Stephen Smith, not the one from ESPN, Gloria Satterfield, who we talked about last week, his former nanny, and Mallory Beach. So in 2015, Stephen Smith was found murdered in the middle of rural Hampton County Road. His death was mysteriously ruled a hit and run, despite the fact that investigators found no evidence of a vehicular homicide. The Murdo name is mentioned 40 times throughout the course of the investigation. However, because the case was steered off course initially, it was never investigated properly by the highway patrol and it went cold in 2016. On June 22, 2021, the South Carolina law enforcement division sled opened an investigation into the death of Stephen Smith based on information gathered during the course of the double murder investigation of Maggie Paul and Maggie and Paul Murdell. Authorities have still not said what they found to link the two investigations. 
his murder is still unsolved. Gloria Satterfield, she's the nanny who died in 2018 after allegedly falling at Murdo's steps at Moselle. After her death, Alex Murdo stole $3.6 million from Satterfield's wrongful death settlement against him and his insurance companies. The family didn't find out about the entire settlement until they hired attorneys Eric Bland and Ronald Richter in late of 2021. So in fact, put that one in, in your brain there, Vegas. Did you, do you understand what I just read? How bizarre his, her family had no idea that there was a wrongful death suit that was settled and he stole the money. Well, that sounds like that's a, an issue with the, the judges that presided over that. So Sled has opened an investigation under Satterfield's death and financial crimes related to her death settlement. Recently, Satterfield's family gave Sled permission to exhume her body, so we wait for that. In 2019, oh, that was the thing where uh, last week where I, I said I would be willing to bet you, and you didn't want to bet me. You remember that? Uh, no, I, what I remember is you, I did remember you mentioning that yeah. you would want to bet. I would say that's let's yeah. bet that he was involved. That yes. She was, he was yeah. involved. Yes. And, and what yeah. I said was, I would love to bet you, you backed out because you realized I was going to be right, mm. uh, that her death was ruled an accident. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. And you said, no, I don't want to do it. Gotcha. And I okay. said, okay, let's do uh, it. That must've been a no. different, it must have been, that's been the second podcast that we did. No, no, that was this. That was the podcast that we did. Oh. People heard it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So in 2019, 19 year old Mallory beach was killed in a boat crash near Palace Island, South Kekalaki, South Carolina. The boat crash is often referred to as ground zero for those following the case closely because it was the first major event that thrust the legal dynasty into the media spotlight. The legal dynasty being the Murdos. Paul Murdo, who's the son, he's the son that got murdered by his dad, Alex. So Paul Murdo was charged with three felony boating under the influence counts in that crash which could have amounted to over 30 years in prison had he not been murdered last year. The state grand jury is still investigating the boat crash case to find out whether or not the Murdo family obstructed justice in the chaotic aftermath. The Murdo family faces a slew of active lawsuits in the boat crash case from families, uh, victims rather, seeking justice. So the kid was facing 30 years but his dad took care of that. Wink, wink. Well, allegedly. he The, the kid could have killed himself. Right, yeah. right, right, right. Or had, yes. So there is, I believe I counted, or I saw the number. I didn't actually count. Yeah, but I believe I saw the number is 80 different uh, cases going on right now, or counts, cases, all these different things. It's like, the number is like 80 that that this guy is is dealing with right now, Alex Murdell. Well, I mean the odd, double homicide, just another. I mean the odds are he's going to get convicted of something. Uh, well, yeah. Is it murder yeah. or is it uh, or is it embezzlement or is it uh, something? He will get convicted of something. Uh, we will find out what. Um, the odds know. are the odds are pretty good. Something the, 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 if he if he gets off scot free as they say why do they say scot free I never understand but if he gets off scot free and doesn't go to prison at all for any of this this dude he might as well go you know allegedly murder somebody else because th- this guy is, is Teflon he, everything slides off him yeah I don't think he's gonna get away with it I don't think he's gonna get away with something I, the chance of him getting convicted are very good I mean let's get real the chances are he murdered his wife. And son, we just don't know why he murdered his wife and son. I said last week, maybe this is kind of like a like a like a Clinton deal, like the wife knew where the bodies were buried, and he felt the walls were closing in. Desperate times call for desperate measures, is what I said last week. So, I mean, maybe we'll find out. Well, but we're probably never going to find out because this guy is going to always maintain his innocence. Even when he's serving a life sentence for doing it, he's still going to maintain his innocence. So we probably will never find out the real reason why he did it. But he definitely, 
wink, wink. He'll probably he'll Did probably it. do a plea deal is what he'll do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He'll say, okay, well, if if he if if they present the, enough evidence that say he killed his wife and son, they'll say, okay, listen, we we know you killed your wife and son. We have this evidence. Uh, we also know that you uh, you know killed this or that your son killed the boating accident. Uh, and you're being sued. We also know this and this. And then he's going to say, okay, yes, I admit it. Or they're going to say, well, if you admit these other crimes and we charge you with those, we'll work out a deal where you're just life in prison without the death penalty and blah, blah, blah. And he'll say, sure, let's go. And, and it'll be fine. Yeah. I, I mean, they're asking for a speedy trial. So I don't know if they're going to, I don't know if he's there. I don't know if there's going to be a plea deal. If they I mean, go to trial, there's no plea deal at that point. Right. Uh, no, they can always plea it out. Okay. always like, they could always, as long as the jury has not, uh, okay, uh, decided. Well, as it stands right now, they want to go to trial and they want to do it quick. Well, okay. yeah, because they think that they're innocent and they they might be. We don't know yet. We're gonna find out. Uh, he definitely didn't kill his, uh, uh, you know, maid. But I absolutely killed the nanny. N- no, he did not. Yeah, he no, 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 he didn't. I would believe you if he didn't steal three point six million dollars. Well, my question: You would have a leg to stand on, Vegas. If he didn't steal money from her, the family, the whatever, like if if, if if that didn't exist, then I'd be like, okay, yeah, maybe it was an accident. But no, she died, and then he stole three point six so, million. So you so you think that this attorney said, you know what? For whatever reason, I'm going to kill my maid. I'm going to push her down the stairs. I'm going to make it look like an accident. The coroner's in my back pocket. They're going to say that it was an accident. And then I'm going to make this uh, hocus pocus. Somehow yeah. the family sues him for a wrongful death. Yeah, oh, but they didn't. Well, oh, but somebody did. You don't. You just don't get a wrongful death lawsuit. The family had no idea. Until well, they found well somebody out. did, or he forged their signatures, whatever the case. Somebody went to court. And sued him. Oh, we forgot to mention that this guy also tried to pay somebody to kill him in, the, in, a, in a shooting. We forgot to mention that. He tried to set up his own death Yeah, in the middle of the road. We forgot to mention that part. Yeah. This guy, needs. he just needs to lock him up and throw away the key. If he's guilty. Throw away the key. If he's guilty, we'll find out. He, he might have killed his wife and son. I don't think he killed the nanny. I think you're way off base. I think you're wrong. Uh, I will. was willing to bet last week fifteen hundred. I'll even up it to fifteen hundred. Take your bet. No, no, no. You already denied 1, it. Fifteen hundred sounds like we got you. We you got a deal. I don't. You know. I don't know. You I are very. You are very adamant. Why well, your mic's going out? I can't hear you. What you said? You're not going to take the. I bet? I said I will take that bet every yeah. day. You want to bet fifteen hundred bucks that I, that they're going to dig that body up and they're going to come to a conclusion and they're going to tack on a murder charge for that nanny. I'll yeah. bet you fifteen hundred bucks. Nope. You got a deal? Well, yeah, in conclusive evidence, he will be not charged and, with that. Okay, death. and if he's not charged with it, I'll give you fifteen hundred dollars. I want it in on cash. this show. I want it in cash. I'll give it to you in cash. In cash, hundred dollar bills on this show. I'll give you fifteen hundred dollars in cash if if he is completely free of any yeah. wrongdoing in that nanny death. It'll be scot free. I'll, right. I'll I'll be fifteen hundred dollars, which right. richer, richer pound it. And uh, I also uh, did you. not win the Mega Millions last night, Me so. Either. I'm still poor, so Same. I will need that $1,500 Fine. When, when you lose. All right, here's a true crime podcast that we think you guys should check out. Reverie, the state of being pleasantly lost in one's thoughts. A daydream. But what if those daydreams turn to nightmares? Reverie True Crime shines a light on the dark tragedies that have happened and are continuing to happen all throughout the world. We interview and work with families to bring awareness to forms of injustice. We explore the depths of cases from around the world to include missing persons, mysteries, and more. Reverie True Crime is found wherever you're listening to this podcast. Remember, you don't have to live in fear, but stay aware of your surroundings. Stay safe and take care. All right, so we have an update on uh, Vegas, your favorite yoga instructor. Yeah, because we're, we're continuing on her case. Uh, we, Caitlin Armstrong. We need an update button. Update, update. Only, <laughs> only, because, only because she was in court today. And, of course, she pleaded 
not guilty. She didn't do it. She did not do it. Nope. A lawyer for the uh, Texas yoga teacher accused of gunning down a romantic rival claimed cops seemingly ignored a tip about the slain victim's ex-boyfriend. Caitlin Armstrong's attorney, Rick Kofer, also claimed that Armstrong and her boyfriend's home was vandalized on the night the 25-year-old pro cyclist Anna Mariah Wilson was murdered. Kofer based in, uh, sorry, bashed investigators in brief remarks to reporters following Armstrong's first court appearance since she was busted last month hiding out in Costa Rica. Using a fake name and her appearance drastically altered by plastic surgery, yet... She is innocent. She was scared for her life. Someone was coming after her. Why did the Austin Police Department seemingly ignore a tip about the former boyfriend of Miss Wilson, Kofor asked, claiming the cops represented, or sorry, the cops presented inaccurate and misleading information to obtain an arrest warrant? Do, uh, did the inexperience of two key officers assigned to this case play a role in its apparent mishandling? Who vandalized the home of Caitlin Armstrong and boyfriend Colin Strickland on the night of Wilson's death and why, end quote. Kofor didn't elaborate on his claims, of course, and uh, didn't take questions from reporters, of course. He left the courthouse as reporters called out, why did you leave the country? And why did you go to Costa Rica? Which I guess is the same question, asked a different way. But before he took off, he claimed some information reported in the news was inaccurate and pledged there's a lot more to the story than has yet been heard. Can't wait. End quote. Defense attorneys requested a speedy trial in the courtroom where cameras were not allowed. Prosecutors pushed back with an attorney for the state telling Judge Brenda Kennedy, we don't have all the evidence to give them. I don't know what kind of privilege this particular defendant has to cut in front of all these people who have been waiting for trial, prosecutors uh, told uh, local TV. Kofor responded by telling reporters, cases shouldn't be indicted for pro- if prosecutors are not prepared to proceed. Oh, so she's not prepared yet. Yeah, oh, the defense. Little wrinkle in the or case. Or the uh, prosecution. Cops believe Armstrong shot Wilson on May 11 in a jealous rage. If you guys don't know, the yoga, the yogi rather, was questioned by police, but then she sold her Jeep for $12,200 to CarMax. Well, they'll buy your car, even if you don't buy theirs. And then she left the country. Because that's what innocent people do. They flee the country. She was scared for her life. And they get plastic surgery. That's what they do. She was scared for her life, apparently. But that's apparently what you do when you're innocent. You well, flee the country and you get surgery. Obviously. Obviously. Mm-hmm. She did. Armstrong is being held in Travis County Jail on $3.5 million bond. No word yet whether or not Vegas is going to help her post it. She is due back in court on October 19 with a jury selection in her trial beginning October 24. So... For all intents and purposes, Vegas, we should not be talking about this case until October. Thank God. But we do have an interesting little clip from a gentleman who was interviewed. Apparently, Caitlin Armstrong was dating when she was on uh, uh, hiding out in, in Costa Rica, upper left. And Mm -hmm. we have audio, an interview with the guy who went out with Caitlin Armstrong while she was hiding out as as an innocent party in the murder of Mo Wilson. So let's cue that up and let's play that and, and hear this guy, what this guy has to say about his encounters with Caitlin Armstrong in Costa Rica. I know it's Ari. Ari was a strange person, but uh, I met her right outside the tattoo shop, uh, Good Life Tattoos, and um, her friends were getting tattooed, so she was waiting out there on the bench, and I was out there having a beer in the lounge, and uh, it became apparent to me that she was 
try and have a conversation, trying to get to know me. So then I started talking to her more and more, and then uh, we ended up sharing numbers, and we're gonna hang out later, and we ended up hanging out a bunch of times later. And we went on a couple dates, but uh, she, she said that she had just been through a real traumatizing breakup, and she hadn't healed from it yet, and wasn't ready to, to get close at all, so we were just being friends. And um, wanted to go out to different places. We went out to a bunch of different spots, but most of the time she wanted to kind of be a secluded spot, um, not a lot of people. And uh, I didn't put any of it together. You wouldn't imagine it, but after it all happened, went by, and, and you hear what she was really doing and running from, it made sense why she like didn't want to be seen, why she wanted to go to real secluded places and. Uh, it all kind of made a little more sense. They were using the old pictures, and I was like, oh, I don't know her. But then afterwards, they did the updates of the pictures of when she had her face lift or face change, and that was, I was, I was like, shocked. I was like, what? That's who I've been hanging out with this whole time? And um, Yeah, it sucks for the family that lost their, their sister and daughter, and that's, that's not really not cool, and I feel for them. And I also, I didn't get to meet her. The person I met was Irie, is Katie. So I pick up a couple of things from that guy's interview. Uh, one is she got the surgery before she got down there because he said it looked like a completely different person, which is what we've said all along. Or she just got down there and had the surgery right away and didn't meet him. True. Because she was gone a month. True. 43 days, actually. I would think she would have got it. Down Probably there. got it down there. Yeah. And then didn't meet him until after the the, the the chopping of the face. But you could you could hear the genuine like shock in his voice when he sees the old pictures and he knows of the new Ari Martin that he thought he he knew. Hey very but, interesting. Hey, but you know what? How how lucky is this guy? Right? Right? Like <laughs> like not only like not only did you because uh, obviously she changed her look and she didn't get as hot as she was yeah but you I'm assuming because they saw each other I'm assuming she he got to bang her so wow well, oh you think you think he, I would well, no because I think didn't he say in that one or it could have been in a different clip that I saw but he leaned in for a kiss and she backed out. And that's when she said that she was in. She had just gotten out of a traumatizing relationship. I, I don't know. She said, you know, that unless unless he did say that they were that might have been a different clip. He, he might have said because uh, it was a little low uh, and a lot of background noise in that clip. He might have said that they were remaining friends. Him and her. Yeah, that could I be think what he, he did. Meant. Lean in for a kiss. I do not think he got to lay the pipe. Oh well, then he's not as good as he should have been. He's not as lucky as you think. Because what I was going to say I'm is, he's a lucky gentleman to screw a, to, yeah. to screw a you know a fugitive. A fugitive. Yeah. How many times you get the you get the f you a fugitive? I don't know. I've never screwed a fugitive that fruit, I know. Fruit, that, a, a screw a fugitive. Yeah. That I know of. Try I mean, saying that. Yeah. Screw a fruit. Fru, now you're kind of jealous, right? You'd be jealous of him if he. Because Caitlin's kind of, Caitlin's kind of your girl. She's kind of turned into your kind of. She's your girl here. You're backing her up. You don't think she did the crime? I know. I, I know. You think she's innocent? She's got a killer personality. You <laughs> yeah. bet I got rid of the rim shot. Yeah. Audio uh, soundbite. Yeah. There. I mean, she if she ended up doing it, but apparently they they ransacked her house, uh, her house with her boyfriend. Yeah, who did that? So somebody did that. Uh, well, here's the thing. The, we know the Grand Cherokee was there. We see it yeah. on a ring camera. Mm -hmm. We know that she then goes and sells the... See, she's done a lot of things that say she's guilty. She's done more things that say I'm guilty than I'm innocent. If we ran a checklist... I, but they the the defense it would be pretty one sided. You understand that, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. The defense has to have some. Here's my my counterpoint. Uh, yes, she's done a lot of stuff that makes her look guilty. But the defense has to have some sort of proof uh, that this happened, right? That what happened? That that the the people ransacked her her and her boyfriend's house or something. So. Because why would you? You wouldn't say this in a court of law if you were if the defense is completely lying. Because they have to prove 
without a shadow of a doubt that she's innocent, or I should say the prosecution has to prove that she's guilty. So you have to have some sort of proof evidence to present, hey, look at the house, look at the pictures, whatever. My thing is, where is the boyfriend of both of the the, the chicks? Where is this guy? Because he's nowhere to be found. I haven't heard his, so, I mean, we've heard his name, but we haven't heard well, yeah. from him. So he might be a witness uh, for, for Caitlin Armstrong to say, Can yeah. witness. You know, yeah, it was. Maybe he did do it. I don't know. We'll find out. So by the end of the year, for sure. Well, yeah, we we will cover this extensively in October when she goes to trial. Mm -hmm. So last week, we have another update here. We talked about the uh, quadruple murder-suicide in Michigan. Mm -hmm. Vegas, you uh, were pretty adamant that the judge uh, should should suffer no consequence for denying the woman an order of protection. And then unless something else came out that there was, he was presented that he should have ruled otherwise, but just from last week, I don't think he should face any repercussions. So we found out that tyranny savage filed for a PPL, which is a, uh, personal protection order, I'm assuming that's what that means, on June 24 in Ross Common Circuit Court. In Tyranny's own words, an expression of the fears and threats she felt from her husband and eventual alleged killer, Bo Savage. Tyranny stated to the judge that she had recently filed for divorce and that her life was changing. Oftentimes, big moves or the decision of one partner to leave the other is one of the highest times uh, for lethality, said Joanna Conanen, Director of Law and Policy for the Michigan Coalition to End Domestic and Sexual Violence. Court records say a previous partner filed a personal protection order against Bo Savage in 2014. The way tyranny filed the PPO may have impacted the judge's decision. Tyranny told her lawyer she was actually moving on. What she didn't tell her lawyer that was that she was filing for the PPO. Instead, she filed it. Uh, she she filed it, filled it out, filed it out is what it says, and faced the judge on her own. Judge Troy Daniel was appointed to the district court bench in April. Typically in Roscommon County, PPOs are handled down the hall in probate court. So Judge Daniel has only has only handled a handful of PPO requests in his time, and he denied it. For seasoned lawyers, it's something that they see all too often. Had someone like myself in there in that court with her at that time, I'm not walking out with her in complete fear for her life and no remedy. Fireberg said, when it comes to PPOs, many lawyers and advocates to end domestic violence agree on two things. First, they're a very important tool, particularly for women to protect themselves, Fireberg said. And second, the system for getting a PPO needs to change. If I could perfect way, if I could craft a perfect way, every circuit court would have a legal advocate from a domestic or sexual violence program there who can help survivor survivors file those PPOs, Conanin said. Had Tyranny known she needed legal help, she might have included in her letter more details of Bo's Savage's, uh, Bo Savage's past. The prior PPO granted against him years ago by a previous partner included an eerily similar letter Details of a lengthy record in the Ross Common Court system and included his criminal sexual misconduct conviction. What you run into in terms of problems is that many judges will not go outside of the very specific evidence that the complainant is presenting. They're going to limit their considerations to the proof presented. Advocates say tyranny situation and the end result are far too common. In some counties, the denial rate is upwards to 80%. It's a system that needs to change. They argue it needs to be easier for survivors to be heard and to be understood 
and most importantly, to be protected. A survivor is in the best position to know whether or not their partner is capable of violence and capable of hurting them. Threats of murder and suicide need to be taken really seriously. And that's what I was kind of saying last week, Vegas. Is I feel like this judge didn't do his due diligence, didn't do a good enough job to find out who really Bo Savage is. And if he digs just a little deep, just a little, digs just a little, puts in on just a little elbow grease, he sees that not that long ago, there was an order of protection filed against him by his previous relationship. Maybe Tyranny Savage is alive and survives this. This judge is a schmuck. No, the judge is, is not. A schmuck. No, the judge is absolved of everything you said last week. The, the fact of the matter is, he doesn't have to go beyond. But he needs due to. Deal. No, but he doesn't. But it's okay if he did. But because in, in a trial. But it's not a trial. Okay, but it's a hearing. Same difference. If you, when you go to a grand jury and you do the hearing, the judge, uh, if it's not presented, if the defense uh, or the prosecution doesn't present it to these people, they're not going to know about it. She fucked up. She screwed up and didn't include this. She didn't get her lawyer involved. That was her fault. Now, yes, it ended terribly, but the judge does not need to go farther than what she presents. If she would have presented this other thing and the judge denied it, well, now the judge, now you have something coming because you knew about it, but he didn't know about it. Okay. No judge is going to go at above. The, at, at no the, judge is going to go home. No judge is going to go home and look over their cases and be like, okay, this one. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Because when five o'clock comes and your job and you're done, do you do extra work? No. Cause you don't get paid for it. So when the judge does, the judge does extra work, on his off days and not get paid for it, that's supposed to happen. But you're not supposed to work any other time because you're not getting paid for it. Well, when did, I never said any of this. I'm just saying I'm just in saying, general. I, I so so I'm just in general. People don't want to work extra unless they're getting paid for it. So the the but the point still stands that there needs to be kind of a a, a, a fix to the system because eighty percent of these PPOs should not be getting denied. If, if the woman or man says, Hey, when I'm at home, this person threatens to kill me again, there is no harm. See, and and this is the key thing here, but there is no, this is the part that you're kind of missing. There is harm. She's not going to court saying, put this man in jail. And the judge is going, well, I really can't put this man in jail because I don't really know if he's doing it. She's saying, he wants to kill me. I need help protecting myself. See, he's not getting thrown in jail. He's not getting executed. He's not, nothing really bad is happening to this guy. All you need to do is say, you know what? Okay, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna grant you your PPO, and then we're going to set a date in 30 days from now, 60 days from now, we're going to come back in here. You're going to come back in here. He's going to come back in here, and we're going to see where we stand. That's all you really need to do. You see, because she's not going to that judge and going, please throw him in prison. He's such a bad, bad boy. And he's going, well, I can't put him in jail. But you will. If he violates that, you get you get put in jail. You miss work. You miss time. You miss and, everything. And he doesn't violate it. Then don't okay. violate it. But things happen. But at the end but, of the day, but Vegas, if she if she went over she to his was house, right? If she, yes, but that doesn't matter. <laughs> it Hind- does matter. No, hindsight is always twenty twenty. But in this case, it doesn't matter. She was the judge, right. The judge acted appropriately. The judge did it based on the evidence that he was given. She's the one who screwed up. She should have. Got a lawyer to get this, but done. at the end of the day, you can't just you can't just give out protection orders because then everybody in the world's going to do it. No, that's not true. That's yes, like it saying, is. That's like no. That's like saying you can't make marijuana legal because so, everyone's just going to so, go and smoke it. No, so you're telling me that out of the eighty percent that got denied, you're telling me that all eighty percent should have been enforced? No, I bet you. Who fif- knows? I bet you fifteen percent of that eighty percent that's been denied probably should have been the, enforced. But at the end of the day. It's not really harming anyone. It goes on his record. It goes on but his we, employment but record. But if we meet you, 60 days later or 30 days it, later. Oh, it doesn't work like that. 
You go, but you it go, can. It there could be changes to the system. But it doesn't. You go to prison for ten years on, on a wrongly convicted charge. You still have you still have years to expunge that from your record. You, it's not that easy. You can't just give this away. Yes, should at the sh- end should, of the day, should, should she have had an advocate? If she went to do this, should she be appointed like a court appointed lawyer? Yes, probably. But uh, at the end of the day, the judge did nothing wrong. He was an inexperienced in handling PPOs. Okay, but he that was his That's job. That's a fact. That was his job. It's still a fact. He, but he went to what was presented. So at the end of the day, because she even the the attorney that even came out and said, well, here's if she would have if she would have came out and said this and talked about his past, he would have granted it. But here's the deal. But she didn't. They have also, and I we just talked about it. They read it. There needs to be a change in the system. Yeah, but you okay. can, but you don't go after this judge for doing well, his no, job. Well, no, obviously no one can go after the judge. We can sit here and have a, 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 a debate about whether or not somebody should, and you and I will agree to disagree. But at the end of the day, they're also saying the system needs to change. And that's my ultimate goal in even talking about this story to begin with is to address that the system needs to change. I'm curious if you're going to argue. I want to know how many of those eighty, or the eighty percent of yeah, get denied, actually ends up in killing or physical harm. It doesn't say, but it says all too often was the was the was the quote yes. that this this result is far too common, and that's the problem. That's when you know you have a problem when you deny, and then people end up dead. I mean, the mother ends up dead in this whole thing. The child ended up dead in this whole thing. And they really have nothing to do with it at the end of the day. Three people lost their lives. Three. So even if he just killed the wife, okay? Yeah, she she fucked up, as you said. She didn't bring a lawyer with her. She fucked up. Now she's dead. But then the mother also got killed, and her son also got killed. Just a lot of lives were lost that didn't need to be lost. Now... Go ahead. You don't know if, I mean, even if he did grant the order of protection, that doesn't stop anything. No, but at least it wasn't denied. And then she ended up dead. See, that, see here's the, the, the problem is you, it, is everybody focuses on, well, it was denied. So the judge uh, should, he should face some sort of consequence. No, I, I okay. said that. Well, I'm, you're not the only I'm, one, I'm sure. Can't let him off the hook. Yeah, you're not the only one, I'm sure. Some kind of slap on the wrist. Maybe next time he doesn't handle the PPL. I mean, I'm okay with that. How about it? Let's just. Let's just make sure that he doesn't have to do these again because he's already inexperienced with it. They all know that. So maybe even that's even, I'd even accept that. All right, cool. You know what? I don't live in Michigan. Yeah. But okay, when you're, but, a, when you're a judge, you're a judge. Okay. You, so, you, you have all the same, you, you're not going to a class to do PPOs. Okay. When you're a judge and you're, you're a judge, you're a judge. So he was very, he might've been inexperienced as being a judge. I don't know. I don't know. You can't just be a judge. I can't go to school to be a judge. Probably was a lawyer or something first, and now he's a judge. So he has, uh, you know, he did what the best of his ability with the evidence provided. Unfortunately, uh, it wasn't enough. Whether she, you know, screwed up or not, obviously, you know, she died because of it. So another update here on a story that we had been covering on Ford in Vegas: the Manhattan uh, District Attorney Elvin Bragg has finally dropped. The controversial murder charge against bodega worker Jose Alba with his office conceding yesterday that there wasn't enough evidence to prosecute the case that sparked widespread outrage. The DA's office filed a motion in Manhattan criminal court to dismiss the case against 61-year-old Alba who fatally stabbed an ex-con who attacked him behind the counter of a Hamilton Heights store on July one. The slay charges brought by Bragg's office prompted an uproar. We talked about this on the show uh, in previous episodes. Following an investigation, prosecutors concluded that they couldn't prove that Elba, quote, was not justified in his use of deadly physical force, end quote. We even watched the video, which got us a restricted age restriction mark on on that video when we posted it up on uh, YouTube. Austin Simon, who was 35, a lifelong criminal and ex-con, attacked the man behind the counter. The man responded, stabbed him. Uh, He ended up dead. And uh, Mr. Alba was arrested and charged for murder. 
And now that has been officially dropped Vegas. He is in the clear, as we thought would be the case. If anything, the family should sue the district attorney and the city for having to go to Rikers Island for as long as he did. Because I don't know about you. I've never been to Rikers Island, nor have I been to jail or and or prison. It's probably not the greatest thing to, to experience. No, Rikers is not the place where you want to go. Yeah, and we so, all knew from the start, like, this is one of those things you charge him and you let him go home. But no, you, you, yeah. You, it just, but I think they should definitely get their money back. Oh, right? well, the they, five they grand. will. Yeah. They will. Yeah, they'll definitely get the money back. But yeah, no, I mean, there's there's money, there's time. How about that vacation? Yeah, he missed a trip. He's got, he's in the news. They you should know. pay for his vacation. They should, they should do a lot of things they won't do. The next time I'm in Manhattan, I'm going to stop by that bodega. I'm going to go see. Jose Alba's working. Say hello. What we like to do on this show, if you're first time listener, first time viewer, we like to end the true crime portion of this podcast uh, with a solved cold case. Because we always feel like Vegas and I, as you know, are two friends who hate each other. And we may have some heated debates when we disagree. But we could always agree on that a solved cold case is a good case. And we like to end the true crime portion of this podcast with a solved cold case. And we have one for uh, 46 years. The answer to who killed Linda Sue Bilcher, Beichler, Beekler, good luck, remained a mystery. But with the help of DNA lifted from a coffee cup earlier this year, investigators were able to charge a Pennsylvania man with the stabbing of the 19-year-old woman in 1975. Beichler's aunt and uncle found her body uh, in her apartment on December 5, 1975, with 19 stab wounds lying on her back with a knife sticking out of her neck with a tea towel wrapped around the wooden handle. She had just come back from the grocery store, investigators said, and bags from the market were left on the dining room table. Over the years, detectives from Manor Township Police Department and the Pennsylvania State Police conducted investigations into the homicide, following multiple leads and clearing dozens of people, the district attorney's office said. Evidence was sent to several labs and multiple suspect interviews were completed, the DA's office reported. Genetic genealogy analysis used DNA from the crime scene and ultimately identified David Sinopoli, 68, as a suspect, according to the DA's office. Sinopoli was arrested at his home on Sunday without incident. He was arraigned and is being held at Lancaster County Prison without bail. This, this arrest marks the beginning of the criminal process in Lancaster County's oldest cold case homicide, and we hope that it brings some sense of relief to the victim's loved ones and to the community members who, for the last 46 years, had no answers, Lancaster County District Attorney Heather Adams said in a news statement. In 1997, the Lancaster County District Attorney's Office said it submitted evidence from the crime scene for DNA analysis and a male DNA profile was lifted from Beichler's underwear. Three years later, the DNA profile was submitted into a national database known as CODIS, C-O-D-I-S, to see if there was a match with the known criminal offender. Typically, if a person isn't a known offender, they wouldn't be in the CODIS system, and therefore, no match would present itself, which was the case here. In January of 2019, the investigation gained new traction after it was taken by the Lancaster County District Attorney's Cold Case Unit, which enlisted the help of Parabon Nanolabs much later to analyze DNA obtained in the case. Sinopoli was identified as a possible person of interest, C.C. Moore, researcher with Parabon Nanolab, said at a news conference on Monday. Because there weren't any individual genetic matches to the suspect's DNA, Moore had to try a novel, non-traditional route to narrow down the potential suspect. Given Sinopoli's Italian ancestry, Moore studied geographical and immigration patterns as well as associated surnames and determined the person linked to the DNA sample had ties to Gasparina, a town in the Calabria region of southern Italy. This is going deep, Vegas. Yeah. 
There were very few individuals living in Lancaster at the time of a crime that were the right age, gender, and had a family tree consistent with those origins. So this allowed me to prioritize candidates whose descent was determined to be exclusively from families within origins of Gasparina. Sinopoli and Beichler had lived in the same four-unit building of the apartment complex at one point, Adams said in a news conference, but did not specify when. Other than being neighbors, Adams did not elaborate on how the pair may have been connected. Investigators kept a close watch on Sinopoli through surveillance, and on February 11, quote, investigators surreptitiously obtained DNA from Sinopoli from a coffee cup that he threw, that he used and threw into a trash can before traveling at the Philadelphia International Airport. So they're tailing this guy, Vegas, and they grab a coffee cup from the Philadelphia International Airport. There has been a never-ending pursuit of justice in this case, and this has led us to identifying and arresting Sinopoli. Linda Sue Beichler was on the minds of many throughout the years. Certainly, law enforcement never forgot about Lindy Sue, and this arrest marks the first step to obtaining justice for her and holding her killer responsible. What a story. Yeah, that was a deep dive in uh, genealogy right yeah. there. And they did, I mean, think about that. They're doing all of this just for this one woman. They went yeah. to these lengths that's, to get them. That's why you don't do uh, my ancestry or anything like that, because then you put your DNA in the system. And uh, he wasn't in the system, but you know they they knew his family heritage, so they had his family tree. They found him out. Then they they limited however many there were in this area to an apartment, and they shared an apartment. Probably nobody else shared anything in common with her, so they said, "Well, it had to be him." So we'll see if it if it actually ends up being him. Uh, but obviously, you know, DNA does not lie. So if they matched it with the coffee cup, I would assume uh, he's uh, going to go to prison. All right. And uh, Vegas, this is your new favorite uh, favorite part of the show. It's your uh, Monk Shot of the Week. Where crackhead criminals look their absolute best. For the laughs. For the culture. Vegas presents his Monk Shot of the Week. So this mugshot, I have uh, a a picture on my phone as well, uh, so I can give you some uh, more details with this. Um, The mugshot, it comes comes to us from Maricopa County uh, in Arizona. And this lady, her name is Sherry Cozy. Sherry Cozy uh, was arrested uh, last week on assault charges. Now, when you look at this picture, the first thing that you see, she has a black eye clear as day. Yeah. I mean, Jesus. So my question, when I first saw this, she got arrested for assault. How did the other person look? Because she's getting arrested for assault, but... And, and but she looks like she just got beat to hell. She's got a bruise, maybe a little another bruise. Um, she's just not having a good day, but she was the one arrested. I don't know if the other person was arrested. Uh, I did not say, but that's why I picked this one uh, for the mugshot uh, of the week. I thought it was interesting because she got her butt kicked and she's just arrested for assault. Ladies and gentlemen, we interrupt our program to bring you a special bulletin. Listen up. It's time for Rage and Rob's Music Minute. You do want to be a part of that, don't you? Rage and Rob with your music minute. We got a lot of shit to get into this week. Are you ready? Let's go. All right. So cancel culture is at it again. This time going after popular pop rock 
star Gwen Stefani of No Doubt fame, obviously, and solo career. She's super famous, popular. I think she was on The Voice as well, or one of those stupid music shows. Anyways, she is being accused of, you guessed it, cultural appropriation. In her new music video with rapper Sean Paul, Gwen apparently wears dreadlocks with a blue and yellow outfit that matches the Jamaican flag. So there's people apparently upset. You know, I guess white people are only allowed to wear, uh, I don't know, what are white people clothes? Uh, uh, like uh, Crocs and polo or something? Every white person should just go around wearing Crocs and a polo just to make uh, everybody happy, I guess. Don't be white in America today. In other news, the Chainsmokers have signed up to be the first ever musical act to perform on the edge of space. That's right. The group will apparently be put into a pressurized capsule that will be tethered to a stratostophic balloon and will perform almost 20 miles above Earth. For all you uh, space nerds out there, that should be pretty cool. You guys enjoy that, and we'll see uh, if it gets broadcast somewhere. There's no news about that at all. In crazy news that I just saw that passed by my eyes, I've never heard of this person, but somebody called Flo Millie, uh, I, I assume she's a rapper of some sort, well, she, she surprised fans this week with a release of her new album, and what caught my attention was the, the, title, the album title. It's called Flo Millie. You still here, ho? So it's you still here, comma, ho, with a question mark. What, what a classic album name. I, I mean, I've never heard Flo Millie's music, but just by the name of the album title, I, 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 it could be triple, quadruple, platinum selling, I really think. So yeah, uh, I, I want to hear the, the new single, uh, You Still Hear Ho. It, it really could be something very exciting. Also, for fans of Harry Styles, Harry Styles will be getting his own course uh, being taught at Texas State University. The class will be called Harry Styles and the Cult of Celebrity. It will be offered in the spring of 2023 and will teach about all things Harry Styles from his culture to his music career, all things Harry Styles, which, you know, I got to give the guy props. He's not really my type of music. Uh, I've learned a little bit about him in the last few months. And he is super popular. I had no idea how popular Harry Styles was, but is, but the guy uh, does a lot of stuff. So you can check that out if you want to enroll in a course at Texas State University. And in album news, Slipknot, the Metal Gods, revealed yesterday they will be releasing their eighth full album titled The End So Far on September 30th. I'm excited for that. I'm going to be seeing Slipknot for the third time in a year uh, coming up in at the end of September at Louder Than Life Festival in Kentucky. This has been a long one. This has been your Music Minute. Uh, Ford, have you ever uh, done an Airbnb ever in your life? No. No. Okay, neither have I. Um, but they're very hot these days. It's all the rage, supposedly. But if you've, if you've ever stayed there, which we haven't, but some people listening might have, uh, there's a good chance you've run into the host uh, where you basically leave your, well, who will basically leave you a checkout list uh, asking you to clean up after your stay. It's never really made sense why some Airbnb hosts will make their guests clean up after their stay, and they charge a substantial cleaning fee which I never understood. If I'm paying $300 cleaning fee for staying there a week, why am I cleaning up after myself? It makes no sense. But one host took to TikTok, the old TikTok, to explain why he never leaves his guests a long list of checkout chores and how he wants to make the process, process for you, uh, as smooth as possible. The TikToker named John Michael Thomas explained why he makes the checkout process easy for his guests. He said, quote, you're on vacation. You're not a housekeeper. Those hosts who do this chore stuff drives me insane, end quote. He explained he puts his checkout process instructions on the back door, and the instructions are, quote, close the door, end quote. And then in small italicized letters, it says, quote, yep, that's it. That's all you need to do. Try to remember to lock it, end quote. So I read that because it's like, how the heck, like, if I ever stayed in Airbnb and you charged me to clean it and then told me to clean up after myself, yeah, you can go F yourself on that one, buddy. Um, <laughs> this sounds something like that I would do, uh, except I probably wouldn't uh, attack my girlfriend. But apparently uh, a man angry with his girlfriend about something is a guy in Poland. 
He managed to pick up a hot slice of pizza and hurled it at her. The pizza hit her in her left cheek. The restaurant, and it was in a restaurant. The restaurant's manager called police, but the couple left before cops showed up. Uh, they took the rest of the pizza with them. Good. So, yeah. So, th- not only did he assault her with a hot pizza slice, but they took it to go before so the cops showed up. If it was like a New York style, it didn't really hurt. But if it was Chicago style, it might have gave her a black eye. It could have. Yeah. It could have. But it was in Poland. So, I don't know. I don't, you even don't know. know. I don't even know what kind of pizza they have in Poland. No, but you could assume that they probably have a, a New York style and Chicago style. You would assume. Yeah. Somebody over there opened up a pizzeria. I would assume. So black eye if it's Chicago deep dish, little love tap if it's, you know, a New York slice. Yeah. Well, here's just something I found funny. Uh, Kids right now, the average time on TikTok is 91 minutes a day. Uh, In other news, go out and do something with your life. Um, What if they're out doing something with their life and on TikTok? Well, then whatever they're doing isn't very good then. Because I don't know about you, but if I'm going out doing something, I'm not going to be on TikTok. Unless I'm sitting at a restaurant, obviously. Okay. But still, 91 minutes a day, that's a lot. It's a lot. It's an yeah. hour and a half for those of you who don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so in Germany, because we love our Germany stories, uh, police were called to investigate reports of screams. And then when they showed up, they found a 76-year-old woman in her apartment practicing practicing her yodeling. I would call the cops if someone in my apartment practiced yodeling as well. Uh, now, here's the final story. It's something close to my heart. So do you, do you, do you Ford want to know a quick way to see if you're at risk of a heart attack? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, according to the American Heart Association, which, the AMA, the AMA, which we all go in, in, uh, no, it's AHA, American, uh-huh. Heart, American Heart Association, AMA, why did, why did American was, Music Awards. Yeah. Uh, AHA. Okay. Uh, the circumference of your waist uh-huh. tells you. It tells you, basically, according to the guidelines that they have published, men who have a waistline of 40 inches or less and women who have a waistline of 35 inches or less, of course, that's for the average man and woman. And your specific guidelines may be a little different. So basically what they're telling you is we're going to put out these guidelines, but it pretty much doesn't mean anything. So Wait, if so you're if fat, you're, you're going to have a heart attack. Okay, good. That's what I'm saying. I mean, that's if, pretty, so pretty, if you're under 40, you're okay. Supposedly. I'm under 40. Yeah, if you're an average male. I'm good. I mean, you might not be average. I don't know. You might be a little taller than average. I don't know. So I'm good. Eh, whatever. You're good. Your doctor says you're a little obese. Take out the red meat by seven pounds. Uh, you've listened to him, so maybe you are regular. You're good. If you're watching on YouTube. I am also under 40. If you're watching on YouTube, don't forget to hit the subscribe button. If you're listening on the podcast, don't forget to hit the subscribe button. You could get this podcast ad-free patreon.com forward slash FV true crime. You can follow us on Instagram and on Twitter at FV true crime. Also shop Fordinvegas.com If you want to buy a shirt and help support the show, like the one I'm wearing right now. Also this show and other true crime shows air every day on the true crime daily channel over at blackjacktv.net. For Vegas, I'm Ford. We'll see you guys next week.